0: Click that subscribe button and notification bell and you'll get more scary stories than you can shake a stick at. Yeah, just shake that stick. Howdy, boys and girls. It's time once again for this year's Halloween special. That means 10 allegedly true scary stories centered around the month of horror itself, October. There will be chills, there will be thrills, and there will be more people to add to your list to stay far, far away from. Plus, it's my birthday today, so to wish me a happy birthday, like this video, and share it somewhere to spread the fear. Thank you. Enjoy these stories, and don't forget that you can always submit yours at darknessprevails.org. Garden Gargoyle Bye your typical fifth grader. I used to live near this really creepy old lady. I believe someone else lived there with her, but I never saw them around. I've actually never seen them. I was in the fifth grade around this time as well, and I always walked home from school those days. One day I was walking home from a long day of school, and keep in mind I walked past this lady's home. I took a quick glance at the woman's lawn. There had always been this old rusty fence around their yard. It couldn't really keep anything out, and I'm not sure why it was there, but it added to the eerie appearance. Anyway, when I looked over, a man, probably 30 to 40 years old, was walking around the yard, fixing all the little knickknacks that had been spread across it recently. Things like those trashy fake flamingos and such, I can't really remember exactly what was there. When I saw him, he was cleaning off this creepy gargoyle they had on the porch. I always hated that thing. It had been there when I moved in, and still there to that day. I searched for gargoyles on random shopping websites, and found the one they owned on Wayfair. I'm not even sure if it's still for sale there anymore. I was also 90% sure that thing was cursed. I don't know a lot about gargoyles, neither what exactly their purpose is, but I do know one thing, their gargoyle was evil. I remember some details of it. It had eyes that seemed to follow you no matter where you go. The stone it was carved in was dark, almost black. It had small wings, disproportionate to its body. It also had little horns and small legs with large claws. No arms. It basically looked like the type of crappy Halloween decoration you could buy at the mall or at Walmart. It was that time of year, after all. This memory brings me to the real story. After a few days, as we stepped closer to Halloween that year, I had forgotten about the man and the gargoyle. It was late one night. I hadn't been able to sleep, so I had taken some medicine to help. I was waiting for it to kick in while watching YouTube videos. Around midnight, I heard something that sounded like a rock hitting my window. At first, I gave no thought to it, not even trying to explain it away, just ignoring it. Then came another rock clinging against the window. This time, I got up, then walked over to the window peeking through the blinds. I swear to God, I can't explain this. That little gargoyle was now sitting on our lawn, looking directly into my eyes. I couldn't even gather the courage to scream. I always thought of myself as a brave person. Most stories and movies didn't scare me. Hardly anything did, but at that moment, It felt way too real. The thing crawled towards the window in an instant, and I hadn't even moved yet. I was sure that I was having a horrible nightmare. A really, really vivid one. I took a few clumsy steps backward, not wanting to see the thing crawling towards me anymore. I knew it could break my window with its leg, or with a wing, or even its head, like a kid throwing a rock. But as I fell back onto my bed, staring at the blinds, waiting for something to happen, it never did. I waited for hours, ready for something to crash through my window, but nothing happened. As I waited, and waited in suspense, I eventually fell asleep, staring at the blinds. I woke up in the morning and quickly ran over to the window and peeked through the blinds to see the gargoyle was in its original position in their yard. It was as if it never happened, but it felt so real. To this day, I walk past that statue on the way home, constantly wondering if it was a dream or if it really happened, constantly watching waiting for that gargoyle to look back at me and confirm to me my worst fear. A Ghostly Predator by Sherilyn T. I've had a few paranormal experiences, some interesting, others quite frightening, but this one really stands out as the most disturbing thing to have ever happened to me. It was on Halloween night in 2004, and it was a really long and stressful year. I had ended a long time abusive marriage that took a long, grueling two years to finalize. I was transitioning into the role of being a single parent as well as experiencing life again as a single woman. I had been invited to my good friend's Halloween party across town. I called one of my best girlfriends and asked if she wanted to go with me. I was excited when she agreed and we set about the fun task of planning our costumes. I wanted to go as a hippie and my friend Jane went as a pirate. I was excited at the prospect of doing something special that night as my daughter was with her father and it would be the first time that I didn't go trick or treating with her. Jane and I arrived at the Halloween party, fashionably late. It was a fun party with the house decorated brilliantly and plenty of savory eats and drinks. As we made our way around the room, I noticed that everyone attending the party were a couple, except for Jane and myself. I began to feel very out of place because I was single. I'd never enjoyed dating and much preferred to have one special someone in my life. I left the party feeling depressed and a bit hopeless. Most of the single men I had met so far were not interested in someone who had a child. When I arrived home around midnight, I went straight to bed, hoping sleep would block out my bad feelings and that I would feel better in the morning. But that wasn't to be. That night, I woke up drenched in sweat from a nightmare where an evil man was out to get me. But when I woke up, I felt every millimeter of a man's hand on my right hip. I tried to move, but my arms had been pinned down and the weight of someone else on me was too heavy. I could see the outline of a man above me, but not the details. It was similar to the way the predator was invisible in the original movie. I struggled to get the words out of my mouth for him to get off of me, After a couple of tries, I finally was able to yell out. He climbed off the bed and proceeded to walk over to the doorway and into the hallway. He leaned against the doorframe and lingered there for a moment. Terrified, I kept saying to him, Please, please go away. Please. I had never been so scared. He eventually walked further away, but this time stayed leaning on the stair railing. Then at some point, he simply faded away like a strange wind had collected him. The next morning, I called a woman who was a psychic. I filled her in on all the details of what happened the evening before. She told me that when we are feeling negative and depressed feelings, we leave ourselves open to events like the one I experienced, open and vulnerable to demons and spirits. After a banishing ceremony, She left on her way, and ever since I haven't experienced another thing like it. But every time I go to bed anymore, I want to cry at the thought that I might wake up and that figure will be back. Look at them run by Jess O'Hara. If you're from the Peru Converse area of Indiana, you probably know about Okie Pinocchi. If you don't, here's a brief rundown. Okie Pinocchi is the local name for part of the Francis Slocum State Park, where County Road 510 East abruptly ends in Peru, Indiana. The road merely makes a circle and doubles back into itself, and it's only a stone's throw from the Mississinua River. Many who have visited it claim it's haunted, but if you try to look it up online, you'll get a lot of inconclusive results. Supposedly, at the turn of the last century, a seven-year-old girl named Stephanie was found brutalized in the woods in the 1960s, along with four bodies without their heads found in the circle formed in the road. More recently, a man was beaten to his demise in a robbery gone bad in May of 2018. You can see scratches on one of the trees. They look like they're made of a deer scraping its antlers on bark, but they're horizontal and have space for an opposable thumb. There's said to be a small shack in the forest somewhere, and people have reported shadow people and voices on the paths. Stephanie herself is said to scream if you get too far away from your group so you don't get led away and brutalized like she was. So for your own sake... Don't go visit around Halloween. This story will show you why. One of my best friends, Kay, lives in Amboy, which is like 20 minutes away. She grew up in a Wiccan family, and she always said she was sensitive to the presence of spirits. In mid-August a few years ago, she, her young brother and sister, and a collection of her cousins decided they would go out and walk around. They were mostly teenagers after all, and they wanted to hunt some ghosts, but they ended up getting much more than they bargained for. About mid-afternoon, they reached the circle, parked, and got out. There was still enough light to see, and they planned to walk through the woods and leave before nightfall. Three yards or so from the edge of the circle, the path split in two and branched out. Therefore, half the party went one way and the other half went the other. Kay's cousin Alex was impatient to get going. He was walking faster, getting himself 50 or 60 feet ahead of his group. The path sloped at one side and there was a wet spot there that he jumped over. As soon as he did, they all heard a loud scream that sounded like it belonged to a little girl. Needless to say, that put an end to their exploration very quickly. They went back the day before Halloween with a group of 11 people, but this also proved to be a mistake. The group included Kay, her parents, and siblings, Alex and his two brothers, and two of her brother's friends. They started out at mid-afternoon again, but nothing really happened until after nightfall. By then, everyone was ready to go home, and they were walking toward the edge of the woods where they had parked their cars When Kay froze, something like a cold hand felt like it had reached onto her chest and gripped her diaphragm. She could not breathe. We need to get out of here, Kay said to Alex and Daniel. Right now. Seeing and hearing her in that state, they all ran back to the circle. As the family piled into the cars to leave, Kay and Alex waited near the tailgate of her father's truck To avoid the commotion, and watched the forest. In the shadows, Kay could make out the shape of a man nearly seven feet tall, just watching them. Alex's eyes were trained the same way, and he leaned toward Kay. You see it too, don't you? Kay nodded, and she and Alex booked it into the truck. On their way out of that forest, The same black shape followed them through the trees from the circle to the cornfield out on the main road. Kay says she was sure that if there hadn't been 10 yards between the woods and the cornfield, that thing would have followed them further. As soon as Kay got home, she placed down lines of salt in her room at the window frame and inside the door. It is said that it keeps spirits at bay, as any fan of Supernatural will tell you. But there was one last thing to terrify the family that night. Turns out, Kay's mother had a digital recorder recording the entire thing and based solely on the EVP it caught. I urge you, if you're ever thinking of visiting Oki Pinoki, don't do it during October or the first week of November because that's when the separation between the living and the not living is at its thinnest. That's when evil things are stronger than any other time of year. You might go home with more than you came with, their EVP said. Look at them run, they're scared. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. It Followed Us Home by Chase C. It was October of 2016 in Michigan. Me and my cousin experienced something that we will never forget. It was a cool October Friday, and I had just gotten out of school. It was the weekend, and I was going to spend it at my cousin's house. When I arrived, we immediately went to the basement, where we played Xbox. After a while of playing, I decided to get something to eat from upstairs. I returned with a Hot Pocket and some dill pickled chips, I also noticed my friend was on the phone with his friend from school. He asked if we wanted to hang out with him. I agreed. We then walked about three miles to his friend's place where we stayed for a couple more hours playing Xbox and talking to girls on social media until it got dark. But before we left, we decided to amp up the fear factor and told each other some scary stories. After all, it was Halloween. Halloween or close enough to it. As we were leaving, my cousin told me of a spot near his house in the woods that he had seen when he went hunting. He told me he wanted to explore it some more, but not by himself. So I said I would join him. When we got home, we suited up, then headed outside. It was probably 38 degrees out, and especially windy. We traversed through the woods to the spot my cousin had mentioned. As we arrived, I felt very uneasy like I was being watched, but this feeling wasn't a normal feeling of being watched. It literally felt like I was being stalked by someone. I didn't mention it because we had just gotten there and I didn't want my cousin to be scared and ruin the excitement and fun, so I kept it to myself. We walked for another 30 yards where we both stopped for a moment to scan the surroundings. We both had family that were in the military, so we were taught to always scan and be aware of our surroundings. We looked around for a little while when my cousin tapped me on the shoulder and pointed to a huge oak tree to the left. I looked at it and saw that there was a dark silhouette next to the tree. We both kneeled quickly and quietly, And waited for any signs of movement coming from it. But after a good five minutes, without it moving at all or making any noise, we decided it was nothing probably just a big rock or a bush. We both laughed and taunted each other, saying we were scared of nothing. But I truly was because of the feeling I had earlier. We stood in the darkness after exploring this entire area of the woods. I had to admit it was nice to get out of the house for a while. We were talking about a girl that he had a crush on at school, when we were suddenly interrupted by coyote chatter, very, very loud and obnoxious coyote chatter. We could tell they were close, we were startled by the sudden outbreak of noise. We began to walk back toward the house. When the noise suddenly grew louder and louder, I would say they were probably 350 feet away from where we were. Now, I'm no animal expert, but I'm not sure any animal will run straight towards a human twice their size, unless they're cornered, hungry, or rabid. But these coyotes, there were three of them, and they ran straight for us. We screamed, thinking they were going to attack us, so I picked up a fallen branch nearby ready to defend myself until the end. But they ran right past us. One even ran in between me and my cousin, like they didn't even know we were there. Extremely shaken up and confused, we turned back to see that they were still running in the same direction. We looked at each other in amazement, then looked ahead to see a massive thing standing near the edge of the tree line. Something taller than we were, even though it was standing on all fours. It didn't look like anything I'd ever seen before, TV or otherwise. We both froze as we had a staring contest with this unknown thing. We stood there for a good two and a half minutes when it turned around and ran. It was probably just as surprised as we were to see each other. It was a fight or flight situation, And we definitely were not going to win that fight. We turned around and ran back as fast as we could run. When we arrived back at the house, we were out of breath. We got back inside and told everyone still awake what we'd experienced. It was late. We were amazed and terrified. We didn't go to sleep that night, fueling our bodies with five hour energies and monster energy drinks. The next night is when I decided to go home early, because as I was looking out the window toward the woods, I saw two familiar yellow eyes gazing back. The Costume Ball Creeper by Wonderblocks I had recently turned 21, and this happened last year. I had been invited to a Halloween ball at a high-class venue. My friends and I all dressed up as angels, and about a quarter to eight that night, we arrived at the venue. As we were walking in, we noticed a rather beat-up black pickup truck pull into the parking lot. It gave my friends and I pause for a moment before we continued on with our night. After all, maybe that was part of their costume. Over the next hour, I danced and had some food with friends. But the entire time, I noticed a creepy-looking man staring at me. I thought to myself, Why is this old man here? Why is he looking at me like that? At one point, I left to go to the bathroom. The room was completely deserted. Usually, the bathrooms are packed with smokers and drinkers. Being alone in there made me a little bit nervous. I hurried into the stall and began to do my business. Just as I was exiting the stall, I heard the door to the bathroom open ever so slowly, as if the person entering was trying their best not to raise suspicion. I took a peek through the crack in the stall door. As soon as I saw who it was, my jaw fell to the floor. It was the same dirty old man who had been staring at me earlier. The man was opening each stall door and saying out loud, I know you're in here, in the creepiest voice I've ever heard. I covered my mouth to hide my heavy breathing and climbed on top of the toilet, hoping that he wouldn't see me. When he stopped at my stall door, he opened it. I began to scream, but the man covered my mouth with his hand as he rushed inside. He said to me, You're coming me. Make one sound, and it's over. Just then, as if by some miracle, one of the staff from the kitchen came into the bathroom. She saw the man, pulling a knife from his back from his jeans. She immediately ran out of the bathroom, screaming. Someone called the police, and they showed up rather quickly. The moment the woman had seen him, the man let go of me and ran out of the bathroom, trying to flee the scene. But the cops had shown up so fast that they were able to find the man and arrest him. I couldn't be more thankful that that kitchen worker had come into the bathroom at just the right time. Any later, and I definitely wouldn't be here to share this story. It may be best if you're going to a bathroom in a public place, and you've been getting crazy eyes from someone across the room. Take a friend with you. Back Roads by D. Phillips. It was Halloween night and I was staying over at a friend's place. Let's call her H. H and I had nothing to do that night as we had finished our trick-or-treating only a few hours ago. We decided to call her friend P and have him come pick us up. It was around 11.30 when P came by and though H and P were friends, I wasn't very fond of them. Once we picked up H's boyfriend, we decided it would be fun to go to somewhere that was supposedly haunted, you know, because of the Halloween spirit. I suggested one place that was a back road of this abandoned car dealership. Behind the dealership, there was a dirt road that took you far back into the woods, and supposedly, there used to be a small church there that was rumored to be the home of a satanic cult one that supposedly sacrificed people. It eventually got burned down due to angry people who believed that they had been brainwashing and kidnapping children. H and me were excited, but P had to stop at a Walmart real quick to get some flashlights. After that, we put the location into the GPS and headed on our way. Once we got close, the GPS began to glitch, telling us to make a U-turn. It was like the GPS, which was an offline dashboard GPS, didn't know the road even existed anymore, even though it had led us all the way here. The road took longer to get down than we had expected, about 10 to 15 minutes. Once we arrived, it was 2 a.m. We got to the end of the road, where the church used to be. It was eerie. You could still see the foundation of where the building used to be. Behind the foundation was a railroad track, and in the middle of the foundation, it looked as if people came back here and had made a fireplace using old bricks. It had a very creepy vibe, but I'm into that kind of stuff, so I loved it. 20 minutes go by, and me and H are on the railroad with flashlights, talking and looking around. The boys were down near the fireplace, and that's when H said she heard something like rustling in the nearby woods. So she freaked out and the boys came to her rescue. I figured it was just animals. As they were calming her down, I started to walk further up the tracks. After a few minutes of nothing, I rejoined the group. As I'm walking towards them, I begin to hear something like someone walking over leaves, but I assumed once again that it was just animals but then came a female voice screaming, echoing right out of the woods. I freaked out, and so did the rest of us. Instantly, we dashed to the car waiting for P to get in so we could get the heck out of there. After a couple of minutes, P finally got in the car and was refusing to leave. I was getting mad and started arguing with them. He told me that if whoever that was was in trouble, that we can't just leave them. I mean, I get it, but H seemed seconds away from having a panic attack and I prioritized my friend over a stranger. I eventually got him to take us back to H's house. I don't know what we heard that night. I always try to reassure myself that maybe it was just some kids pranking us or something, but the church was deep in the woods, off an abandoned road and we hadn't seen any other cars or bikes near the place and the closest town was over eight miles away. Nobody ever believed us either, but still, we never went back. Pre-Slumber Party Horror by Ikapika It was Halloween week. I was about eight years old, living in the middle at the end of a road, two houses away from a set of railroad tracks, My best friend lived across the street from us, and one house closer to the tracks. Her name was Laura. My street being at the end of the road, the only people who came down to it were those of us who lived here, mostly old folks, the mailman, and our occasional visitors. It was the first night ever I was going to have a friend spend the night with me, one that wasn't my cousin or my mom's friend's kids. As you could guess, I was incredibly excited. I had stayed over at her place before, but I'd never had her over before for the night. Laura lived with her grandparents, and off and on her mother would live there as well. I wanted her over as early as possible, that way we could play longer, but I had daily chores that needed to be done. Once I was finished, I could barely contain my excitement anymore, so my mom agreed to let me go get Laura. Without hesitation, I said thank you and ran out the door, crossing the street. On my way over, I noticed a strange van parked in front of Laura's neighbor's house directly across the street from mine. It was what you could describe as a creeper van. It was a dark burgundy color with only windows in the front, the type that would be made into an ice cream van. I slowed as I passed it to see if there was anyone inside. I had to walk behind it to get to Laura's place so I couldn't see, but I could hear people arguing from within. When I made it to Lara's place, her grandma was on the porch smoking a cigarette. She knew I was there to get Lara, so she just told me to go on in. I helped Lara pack a few things such as clothes and a few things to play store, a little game we made to get rid of things we didn't want anymore and let our friends have what they wanted. We anxiously ran back upstairs and out the door, Less than halfway down her walkway across the front yard, we heard a woman say, Towel! Ta- towel! Get me a towel! Laura and I both turned and were paralyzed to see a woman with a shredded face staring back at us. Her skin was torn to pieces and there were parts hanging off of her. She continued begging for a towel, stepping closer with each word. Laura's grandmother, who was still on the porch, threw a towel over her face. The moment we couldn't see her anymore, we ran as fast as we could to my house. In a split second, we were locked in my room with the window shades cracked slightly so we could see what was going on. A few minutes go by and an ambulance and several police cars show up. They get a statement from Laura's grandma and her mom. We found out a few days later that the woman was a dealer who was trying to make a deal with Laura's mom. When she refused, the woman tried to get her dog to attack Laura's mom, but in turn, the dog attacked her instead. That was who I had heard arguing in the van just before seeing Laura. It was only a week or so before Halloween. So with our terrible sense of humor, we joked that the woman had the perfect Halloween face and to this day, we don't know what became of the woman. The dog had to be put down, because the woman had abused it so badly that it was vicious towards anyone, no matter what they tried to do to calm it. It was altogether a horrifying and terrible situation. Alone in the Isle by Beth R. It was my best friend Lily's birthday. She had been my best friend since 7th grade. I went to Kmart to find her a gift. I was 16 at the time, and still couldn't watch a scary movie without crying. I knew exactly what to get her, so I went to the makeup aisle which was at the back of the store. It was October and the store was almost empty, and no one was there. I walked past the Halloween decorations, and out of the corner of my eye, I see this man who was staring right at me. I ignored it, and I wondered how long he had been staring. I got this eerie feeling of being watched, but did my best to try to ignore it. I was practically the only one in the store. I turned my head just in time to see someone walking into the other side of the aisle. I move on to the lipstick, and there's a man standing there. He looked homely, like he was living on the streets. I was very uncomfortable around him and nervous. He turned and looked at me and smiled. I was so nervous I moved to another aisle. But he just followed me. And then he grabbed me by my arm. When his hand touched me, it was cold and dry and terrible. I felt empty inside and screamed. An employee ran over and shoved him off of me. I ran to the front desk and the lady working there called the cops. I explained to him how he looked. Homely, gray hair, brown eyes with a beard. They searched around the store but they could not find him after he took off. They checked the security footage in the back and here's where it gets weird. When they came back out, the lady was giving me suspicious eyes. "'Ma'am,' she said, "'we just checked the cameras.' There was no man in the store like that. What? That's impossible, I said. I even told them that one of the employees had helped me. I then explained what the employee looked like and what aisle I was in when it happened. But they didn't have an employee that matched that description, and they said that the tape showed no one when I was over there, just me in the makeup aisle. I quickly went home, more confused and terrified than I had ever been. October Creeper, by Ruby. This happened several years ago. My best friend Will and I were working on a souvenir booth with my aunt at the local haunted house, which opened every Friday and Saturday night in October, plus Halloween. At the time, Will wasn't old enough to be an actor in the actual haunt. I'm a couple of years older than him, but I decided to work the souvenir booth with him so that he'd have someone to talk to. Anyway, it was really cold one night and I wanted to get some hot chocolate. There was a small convenience store that was about a five minute walk from the haunted house and I knew that they sold hot chocolate. So Will and I walked to the store and when we got there, the parking lot was mostly empty except for a red truck at the gas pumps. As we started toward the store, the guy in the truck called us over. Stupidly, we went over to see what he wanted I wish to God we had just ignored him. He started to ask us all these questions. Then he takes out a pocket knife and asks us to cut his face. We were speechless. He then goes on to explain that he got in a fight with his wife or girlfriend or whatever and she smashed a beer bottle over her head and was going to tell the cops he did it. So he wanted to cut his face so he could tell the cops that she attacked him. Will was actually considering it and I was standing off to the side freezing cold and shaking, trying to get Will to walk away from this freak. Then Will lets it slip that we're just friends, and that Will is gay, and of course the guy had assumed we were together until Will said that. That's when things went from bad to worse. He asks Will, how much do you want for me to have a night with her? I swear to God my heart stopped beating when he said that. He was talking about me. I've dealt with creeps before, but none of them have ever said anything like that. Will, bless his heart, said, no, she's off limits. But the guy wasn't easily dissuaded. He kept pushing for me to come with them and offered to drive us both to town. We could find a nice tree somewhere, he said. At this point, I wanted to run, but Will was still standing there, and I wasn't about to leave him alone. Then the creep, as he begins to scratch his face... Then he asked if we had anything on us, substance-wise. We told him we didn't do that kind of stuff. He also offered to give us a ride back to the haunted house, and I said no. It's just a five-minute walk away. Finally, after asking us one last time if we wanted a ride, he got in his truck and sped off, peeling out and going well over the speed limit. I was shaking. Once he was gone, we went inside the store and told the woman working there what happened. I think she said she would check the security cams to see if she could get the license plate number. We stayed in the store a little while longer, then headed back to the haunted house. Halfway there, a cop car pulled up behind us. I had never been so relieved to see a police officer in my life. We figured he was going to stop us because we were smoking and wanted to see if we were underage. But whatever reason, he never got around to telling us. We walked right up to him and told him everything that happened and he drove off to find the guy. When we got back to the haunted house, we told security and the people working in the ticket booth what happened in case the creep decided to show up there. We didn't leave the haunted house for the rest of the night, and I never got my hot chocolate. Ceiling Vent by Hannah I've had a lot of weird experiences in middle school, but nothing matches up to this one. There were rumors all around my school that it was haunted. I didn't put a lot of weight into ghosts and stuff. I never believed anything until I saw it. It was around Halloween. When I was younger, I loved Halloween. I still do to this day, but this story kind of ruined it for me. It was a Friday and everyone was so pumped for the weekend. It was 7th period math, so just a few more hours to go in the school day. This class was a few classes after lunch, so of course I asked to go to the bathroom after the teacher was done doing his thing, and he gave us our assignment. He said yes. I took the pass and walked to the closest bathroom. I've had weird vibes in this bathroom before, but I've always brushed them off as nothing. Well, I was doing my thing when I heard the bathroom door open. This didn't bother me, like, okay, cool, someone else was coming in here to do their business. But I didn't hear or see any footsteps, so I thought someone was messing with me or something. But then the sink turned on. It was motion activated, so it wouldn't turn on unless someone moved in front of it. I was beginning to panic a little bit. I felt someone watching me, and I began to hear little scratches on my stall, like someone's nails going down it but there was no feet at all in the bathroom when I looked down. The scratching suddenly stopped when another student came into the bathroom to check on me because I was taking so long. She could tell I was scared by something and immediately asked me, so, do you believe it now? I just wanted out of that bathroom. I don't think I'd have ever been that creeped out. Halloween is my favorite time of year. It's scary, it's fun, and it goes by way too fast. So I hope everyone has a great Halloween, and I hope you enjoyed these stories. Please make sure to stay safe, and if you're out trick-or-treating, stay with a friend. And please, try not to sacrifice any goats this year. Thank you. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. Don't forget you can send me your stories at darknessprevails.org. Just be sure to make an account first. If you want to support my channel further, you can click the link in the description to sign up on Patreon. Donating any amount will get your name in the credits for as long as you donate, and you'll be able to download ad-free MP3s of each episode. Or you can click that shop button below, or go to teespring.com stores darknessprevails to check out my merchandise. Thank you. Now, as usual, here are my five favorite early comments from the previous episode on 10 Real Wendigo Sightings. The Weirdo Project says, I'm gonna have so many nightmares tonight, so worth it. You know, sometimes I have these nightmares where it's not about me. It's more like I'm watching a movie that's scary. Those I can enjoy, but if the focus is actually on me, that's when it gets scary. Kyle Sweeney says, oh boy. Those cold, frosty boys are back. Yeah, when your flesh isn't alive anymore, it's kinda hard to work up a good heat. Thorn says, I want a Wendigo boyfriend. I'm a lonely girl. Well, they say people are thirsty, but these bad boys are ravenous, so I hope you have a good life together. Ulfer Gaming says, Wendigo, Dogman, Werewolves, and Skinwalkers are my favorite monsters. Same here. You were spot on with that one. And Pinhead Larry says, I got off of prawn for this. Thanks. You're welcome, Larry. But it doesn't mean you had to stop going at it. Surely my voice is sultry enough for you. Anyways, guys, thanks so much for tuning in to another Darkness Prevails episode. More scary stories are coming soon, so stay tuned. Until next time, here are the credits to my patrons who continue to donate like awesome people. Remember, stay safe out there and stay creepy, because this world is a strange one. Happy Halloween.